0: What if I told you that just like news and politics, some fitness and nutrition information doing the rounds on social media isn't exactly reality? That when you see a fit person who has a body aesthetic you would like to replicate or get a bit closer to, the story they tell of how they got to that body is probably quite different from the truth. My guest this week is Brandon Hassig. He's a sports scientist and the director of the fitness business Body by Brando. He owns a number of gyms and he helps a lot of people online. Mostly, Brando is a person who helps people make the most out of their bodies now and as they get older. In my opinion, as someone who's trained with him, he spends as much time helping people address their mindset around training, about wanting to be better at moving their body so that their life outside of a gym is more vital, he spends more time doing that than... I don't know, coaching a shirtless 24-year-old protein synthesis machine into a perfect Instagram barbell snatch. But he does do that too. It's a great chat and I can't wait for you to hear it. However, a lot of people help me make this podcast and they are good at what they do and deserve to get paid. So we're going to have to play some ads. So if you hear some ads, thank you. You're helping us keep the lights on. There's an ad-free version of the show, which I'll tell you about later on. But once we finish with the ads, we'll get cracking right into this episode of episodes.
1: Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!"
2: plushcare.com slash weight loss it's, it's a weird thing psychology, some people just enjoy and it comes back to the way that you talk to yourself you know, are you someone that constantly has negative thoughts and you know, I can't do this, I can't, this is going to hurt if I do like obviously there's going to be physical limitations and I'm not trying to say that everyone can do everything, but there's definitely elements of the way that you talk to yourself is probably going to become your self-fulfilling prophecy best question you can ask yourself is how how can i get up these stairs like what what could i do in order to have the ability to be able to walk up these stairs like try and set yourselves a little problem to change where you're at now start with what you have and start with where you are but just make sure you're figuring out the puzzle that is sports scientist
0: entrepreneur and coach brandon hasick i'm washi ginsberg and this is better than yesterday Hello. Welcome to Better Than Yesterday. I'm Osher Ginsberg. Thanks for being here. This is a tri-weekly podcast that is here to help make your day-to-day better than yesterday. Uh, since 2013, we've been having conversations with people from all over the world, from all walks of life, some of them experts in their field, and every one of those chats. In that conversation, there will be something, I guarantee there'll be something that will make your day-to-day better better than yesterday. Mondays and Wednesdays, I'm here with the guest. Fridays, I'm here with you, and it's great that you're here. Thank you so much. If this is your first episode, welcome. I'm Osher Ginsburg. I'm a TV host. I'm a author. I'm a podcaster. I'm a dad. I'm a stepdad. I'm a, a, a Logie Award red carpet walker. I'm a um, rental accommodation sauna haver. I'm uh oh, what else am I? I don't know. So I'm, a, I'm someone living their life off a mobile broadband dongle, which is tricky right now. I'm a short conversation in the high-rise building I live in right now. Uh, I'm an elevator pitch uh, giver or haver. And um, I'm grateful to be here. Thank you so much uh, for being a part of it. If this podcast resonates with you, please uh, subscribe to it or tell a friend that, you know, whatever you like be super cool but I'm, I'm glad you're here let me get straight into my guest because I, I love this guy brandon hasick is a sports scientist and the director of the fitness company body by brando both online and in person at a number of gym locations he has built an extraordinary business that helps people not only look better in their swimsuits if they want to but also just to move their bodies the way that their bodies were designed to move A number of years ago, I was very, very fortunate. I got to train with Brando. I loved the way that he simplified concepts that I had unknowingly made unnecessarily complex by what a lot of people do, watching too much YouTube and watching too much Instagram. Brando has a way of breaking things down, and I love it. This is Brando's second time on the show, and it's it's a great conversation, which I really hope will demystify a, a lot of concepts about how to make your body look and, to be honest, feel better to be in every day because, you know, you can live in a nice house, but if you live in a nice house in a body that hurts to stand up out of a chair in, then it doesn't matter. Brando's actually been quite kind. We've been chatting since we recorded this show, and because we talk a bit about nutrition in this in this episode, and he's actually put together a bit of a guide to summarise a uh, bunch of the topics that we, we covered. And you can find the link in the show notes because we talk about some nutrition concepts in this episode um, that he's been kind enough to kind of put together. And uh, you'll find that in the show notes. It's free, and um, thank you very much for for doing that, Brando. You're you're awesome. So let's get stuck right into it. Enjoy this conversation with Brando. How are you, Brando?
2: I'm doing well. Uh,
0: you know, there's so much I want to speak to you about today. Your own journey. Uh, we covered a lot the first time we spoke. Uh, the line I'll never forget is I'm, I'm just a bogan who meditates. <laughs> <laughs> just, <laughs> yeah, not
2: the, so much. The anyway. best.
0: <laughs> the best. And, But you know how, how you've not only built your business from strength to strength to strength,
2: is it, is it four gyms now? We had four up until about a month ago and we had to shut the Paddington one. I think that's where we recorded the last one.
0: The business you've built in a really competitive market where, you know, fitness, it's such a fine line of selling longevity and selling a better way of life and selling, um, looking the way you want to look with your clothes on or off. Versus preying on your insecurities and preying on your laziness and making you sign up for sixteen hundred bucks a year, knowing you'll never show up. Yeah, uh, it's <laughs> you know it's a tricky industry, and you, the 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 core of what your business is about, um, I've I've always loved because it it very much is about it, it's it's based in a different place to those big kind of mirrors and chrome gyms, um, that. That you do see around. But more importantly, you are only a few short weeks away from probably launching your most ambitious project ever, aren't you, Brandon? I know. Six weeks, I think, we've got, according to the due date. Six weeks until uh, an actual body by Brando comes into the world.
2: (laughs) A baby by (laughs) Brando. Already got the merch lined up. Don't worry about that. How are you feeling about that? Yeah, I... Tried not to think about it too often, uh, and that sort of helps. But nah, no, nah, we're doing really well. We're both excited now. We went through that phase of oh shit, what have we done? To uh, now starting to to embrace it. So it's good fun.
0: I was told early on in the pregnancy with Wolfie that you know there's a reason there's a reason that babies take nine months because uh, that's a a good amount of time for you to get your head around it. And a good amount of time for you to go through all of the stages of, fuck, what did we do? Jesus, how can we afford this? Shit, the world's on fire and underwater and at war and nuclear, fuck. What are we doing?
2: To, it's going to be okay.
0: Like, (laughs) in that space of time. And I'm sure you've gone through all that.
2: Yeah. Yeah, the first three weeks, I don't think Asha really talked to me too many times. (laughs) Even though we both decided that it would be a good idea to do it, She, she was a little bit apprehensive to start with to say the least, but um, we're good now. That's
0: all, It's all a part of it, man. And I was having this conversation with a, a pregnant friend the other day. You know, I was telling her about the, the, the growth that I've experienced since Georgia came into my life as my stepdaughter, mm. when it's kind of forced upon you that it's, it's no longer about me. And everything that you do is now focused on this person that is not you and how that changes so much what has happened in my life and my, my career path. And then now Wolfie's shown up two years later, you know, two years ago, two and a half years ago. It kind of doubles down on that. And she said to me, I think this is the part that people with kids don't talk to people without kids about. They don't want to tell them about this kind of level up
2: part. Because for me, that was one of the most extraordinary things, Brando. Yeah. I think that's the thing I'm looking forward to most actually is because up until now it has been pretty selfish lifestyle, which I mean most people would do being single, obviously, then you get a partner and then you split your time that way. But then having something else to really care for is what I'm looking for most. I think like, you know, every day, the moment is just wake up, make, you know, businesses happen and do a thousand things at once. And then I'm like, I'm actually looking forward to having something else to go home to and, and to, to love. So exciting.
0: I guess what I'd tell you and what I tell every person, you know, around what happened to me is that those first three days, and I hope you get a chance, I hope the restrictions are decreased to a point where you can stay at, um, you know, with your partner and baby for the first couple of days. There's a, and I know you're into this stuff, there's a wild pheromonal trick that babies play on fathers. Really? And yeah, they emit this pheromonal signal that triggers um, a, a growth of neurons in your brain. And it's the only time after the age of 25 um, that you create new brain cells. Because I had drunk most of mine away by the age of 25. <laughs> <laughs> and on, honestly, mate, I would, I would sniff his little head and fireworks would go off inside my skull and um, I used to make a joke that sniffing the top of my baby's skull was the high that I wanted to get get off of every line I'd ever snorted.
2: <laughs> <laughs> That's the white dragon you've been chasing,
0: mate. It, it it's incredible, and you know what it what it does and how it changes you your brain fundamentally changes your brain and the signals that it sends you, and and there and allows you this extra cognitive capacity to deal with what is now a far more complex life because you'll still have a thousand things to do before your first coffee. You've still got businesses to launch and run. You've still got clients you want to keep and and hunt more business. And now you've got this tiny little completely helpless thing that will actually die if you don't pay attention (laughs) to it. Needs to
2: breathe and eat.
0: And and not fall over and down holes and stick their fingers in dangerous (laughs) (laughs) things. And it's fine, though, because that eventually stops after about 19 years, I think. Yeah, (laughs) when they're 21. I'm really glad we could talk today, um, Brando, because I think one of the things that I was really interested in speaking to you about when we first spoke was the difference in the headspace that you have when it comes to helping people um, live a better life through uh, training their bodies. Because the science is pretty... Simple. I mean, if you you had to break it down, Brando, if you had to break it down, you could probably tell me in a couple of... Okay, I'll ask you. Brando, in a couple of sentences, can you tell everybody listening, how do you lose fat? How do you put on muscle?
2: Yeah, so we've tried to define everything since we last spoke. So I think there's probably some really clear definitions that I wouldn't have had last time and we've tried to simplify them. So that's what we've been working on for the last six years since we spoke. And it's, yeah, helping people um, across four main categories now. So that being physique, transformations, like at the end of the day, people do want to drop body fat and increase their lean muscle mass, which is pretty fair. You want to look sexy with your shirt off and there's nothing wrong with that. The second one is performance and fitness. So, you know, things like strength, um, cardiovascular endurance and flexibility. Then we look at making sure people stay pain-free because more often than not, people go in, they flog themselves silly, try and undo everything they've eaten on the weekend. And then they find themselves just overworking their capacity. And uh, the, the last one is mindset or you know perception of yourself. And that's something that we really try and work on being such a small community is having that one-on-one time with people. But um, yeah, in regards to dropping body fat, yeah, it's, it's making sure that you're eating less calories than you're, than you're burning off. That's really it, isn't it? Yeah. It's not that hard. It's pretty simple. It's a simple algorithm, but it's not simple doesn't always mean easy. What's the simple algorithm for putting on muscle? The exact opposite. So having a stimulus, so there needs to be some sort of mechanical tension to make the muscles want to grow. Um, So that is the scientific side of it being, you know, Newton force meters produced at a joint and therefore the muscles will control that. So if they're going through uh, mechanical tension and mechanical breakdown, the muscles do have to break down and if you're feeding them with enough fuel, they'll come back bigger. It's pretty simple when you think about it, but there's a lot of science that goes into it, obviously.
0: (laughs) Well, yeah, and and, and I think that's the, you know, some fitness places can kind of overcomplicate things or, you know, prescribe programming for people's bodies that doesn't really fit their bodies. But I think fundamentally the idea of like if we... If we burn off more than we eat, our body fat will go down. Mm -hmm. And if we try to lift or move our body to the point where we are challenged, I don't wanna say stressed, I don't wanna say overstimulated, but to a a comfortable level of of challenge and then allow enough time to recover, that recovery, our body does this magical thing if it has enough calories of the right kind our body does this magical thing. It was like, well, if fuck, we don't want that to happen again. Let's build more of that muscle. Exactly. And that's kind of it. But h- how did how how do people lose their way in those between those two places, Brando? I
2: don't think Instagram's helping too much, to be honest. As much as there's some good stuff on there, there's uh there's a lot of conflicting evidence out there of people that you know have a good-looking body, they're probably training in a certain way, eating a certain way, but then they know the algorithms and the way they work. So if they jump on there and do, you know, a bunch of battle ropes and a bunch of plyometric push-ups and, you know, look good in these tight little things, then people will watch it and their followers will grow. But then if you watch the way they're trained, it would be completely different. So people are getting shown one thing, and then, you know, th- the way that things actually work is totally different.
0: Right. So I, you know what I'm what I hear you saying is like, uh, you know, I'm a I'm a guy who's nearly fifty. I don't have Instagram on my phone anymore. But when I did, it would just it knew what I like to look at. Mm. And it would show me guys who were maybe five years younger than me, 10 years younger than me, no shirt on, ripped, and exactly doing battle ropes in slow motion and throwing kettlebells in the air. And I'm like, fuck, that's what I have to do yep. to get that. But what you're telling me is like, what we're not seeing is the really boring six by 12 with two minutes rest deadlifts yep. that don't look very exciting <laughs> on Instagram. <laughs>
2: yeah if you watch my training session and put it on Instagram it'd be pretty boring you wouldn't you wouldn't watch it I mean some of the stuff obviously is more advanced than others like the the metabolic conditioning side of it and that's where the endorphins come from as well like if you do the the hard conditioning sets you do feel good after it but it's not about just feeling good all the time you've got to do the mundane repeatedly.
0: But in your experience um, there's only a certain number of people who are prepared to do the mundane repeatedly, how do you get people who don't have that internal motivation? I'm lucky in that I've got a brain that just goes, oh, this is what it takes. Okay. Okay. No, and yeah. <laughs> I'll just do it. I'm lucky in that I'm that kind of person. Mm. But there are other people who, oh, cardio day, I'm not going, I'm not going to go because I know it's going to be exercise, bikes and hill sprints. I'm not going to go. Today. How, in your experience, I-, I personally feel like as someone who's got an obligation to someone who's paying them a membership fee. Mm. You know, how do you motivate your clients to do the mundane repeatedly and engage in those days that are are tough?
2: Yeah, it, it does come down to the person. And some people just, you know, aren't that driven to do things. And I suppose like at the end of the day, you can't help people that don't want to be helped. But um the people that are on the cusp, because obviously there's there's tactics you can use. But it just comes down to yeah, asking what it is they really want and then trying to find out if there's any motivation behind it or if they're just doing it because they feel as if they need to or you know, like it comes back to that Simon Simon Sinek quote of ask yourself why and then figure out the steps that need to be taken to get there.
0: So I guess you're you're dealing with a cohort of people who have already made the choice. So yeah, that's a start, I guess. That's a start, yeah, definitely. They've already gone <laughs> I want to I want to do something about I want to do something about either the pain I'm in or the the body that I would rather live in enough that I'm gonna part with this much money every week. Yep. So they're kind of already they're already in, aren't they?
2: Yeah. It definitely the life cycle for us is a good solid six to nine months. We've figured out between people starting to follow us on Instagram and then finally choosing to make that leap six to nine months later when they've watched it for so long, they've seen the results that we're getting they're realizing that they're not getting the results even though they're trying it on their own or trying different things. Like, Obviously, you always try and find the path of least resistance, which is probably going to be the just join your local 24-7 gym, um, get a free meal plan online. But that's the thing. like, There's so much information out there. There's just no implementation. So I guess what we do is you come to our gym and we make sure that you implement what it is that you say you're going to implement, which is strength and conditioning and and good nutrition. So it sounds to me like um, strength and conditioning,
0: nutrition are really important parts of this. But Brando, it sounds to me like accountability is an equally important part.
2: Yeah, definitely. That's a, Yeah, that's the thing. There's so much information out there. Everyone can just download it from the internet But who's holding you accountable to say or do what you said you were going to do. And that's, that's the thing. Like 24-7 gyms, they have 5,000 members paying $9 a week. If it was just as easy as that, the whole world wouldn't be in a – in a pandemic of, uh, of obesity. So it obviously comes down to creating relationships and making sure that you're fostering that environment where people can actually be held accountable to what they said they wanted to do. And when they start to veer off track, that's where we come in and we can remind them of what they wanted and give them the tool, give them the resources and then hold them accountable.
0: So let's say there's somebody listening in Townsville, there's someone listening in Swan Hill, right? Um, they have no access to your gyms but they, they might be hearing the talk of accountability as a part of an exercise program for the, for the first time. How can someone who's trying to make a change in their body or just trying to maintain a level of mobility and strength so they can just play with their kids? Yeah. How can someone like that work accountability into, into their you know fitness practice?
2: Yeah. They, I mean, you can always start with the self-accountability. Like I made a, a habit tracker yesterday, which is pretty easy to implement, which is essentially you come up with three to four tasks that you want to do each week. You put it on the fridge and you have like a daily tick box and you tick it off. So I did 30 minutes of exercise today or I ate under my total daily energy expenditure target, which is your TDEE, tick, tick. I went for a walk, tick. I didn't drink alcohol, tick. And then it's like that's the most basic version of accountability is yourself. And then obviously shameless plug, um, if you still can't Figure it out on your own. You can jump on our online programs. but
0: <laughs> Well, of course. I mean, you, that's the thing. You do offer online programs for all the people in Townsville and in Swan Hill. But exactly. I've, I've, used that fridge, uh, I've used that fridge technique as well. It was the, the Jerry Seinfeld writing calendar that I got the idea of. Yeah, right. And Yeah, true. It was, yeah, I heard he, that. Yeah. He just had this, this big kind of calendar tick, that you'd get tick. from the, the mechanic back in the day that would probably have a lady holding a wrench, clothed. <laughs> <laughs> Might get one. Closed if it was after, shot after 2012 and probably not very closed before that. And he just had a big red, you know, Nico pen and he would put an X every day that he wrote, that he wrote a joke.
2: And he just didn't want to break the chain. The more you do it. Chain blocking. Is that what it is? I think it's called, yeah, chain blocking. And yeah, you just want to see that you just never break the chain. Same as I'm sure with um, sobriety, wouldn't it be? Like every day you do the Hmm. same thing, like you have it on the board if like you're starting out, I'm sure, like probably not. How long have you been sober for now?
0: Actually, in in 11 days, 12 years. Bullshit. That's epic. But that's, mate, Brando, I've still got 11 days to go. Yeah. So... And it's exactly exactly what you're describing as you're talking about your habit tracker that you put on your fridge. That really sounds like what my guy told me when I was overwhelmed at this idea of, oh my God, I can never drink or use again. And da, da da da. He said, mate, all you gotta do is get to bed tonight, put your head on the pillow tonight, without drinking or using, without hurting yourself or anybody else. If you make a mistake, do your very best to clean it up, help another person, and that's it. If you yeah. do that, you've done it perfectly. And all you gotta do is sure, then yeah. wake up tomorrow and do the same thing. And I've yeah. just done that every day. Yeah. And it's wild <laughs> because if I think about 12 years, which is I don't know how many days is on my app, thousands and thousands of thousands. It's overwhelming to think
2: it's about It's a lot, though. eh? And that's the thing. I think, yeah, just wake up, do it one day, and then just do it again the next day. And when you start to see that, the chain building, you don't want to fuck it up. Like you don't want to just go home and have a glass of wine tonight because you're like... I'm not going to ruin 11 years. Like it's better to say I've done 12 years than it is to say I've done 11 years and 287 days or whatever it is. It's like just in your own head, you want to keep that chain alive. And it's the same with, I think, training. It's just making sure that every day you just, you do something and then just tick it off. Like if that's the minimum you did, you're going to have a net positive result at the end of 30 days, 60 days, 90 days. If you've had more good days than bad days.
0: What starts to happen in our brain when we start to when we take those boxes and we start to see three days, five days, twelve days stack up?
2: Yeah, I mean it's when it's visual as well. Like, have you been doing it on the app? Uh, I
0: had it on my fridge. I, I was on my fridge for about I think I had it up there for out. It was to train. I, I, I wanted to lift or yeah. ride a bike every day. And after about six weeks, I stopped doing it because it was now just a part of my
2: day. Yeah. It does. It just becomes part of your identity. Just starting with that one marginal gain. So, you know, you do the one daily habit, turns into a week, like you said, turns into 30 days before you know it. And then eventually, like, it just becomes part of your identity of someone who goes to the gym or someone who is sober or someone who is, you know, a fitness person. So, and then you start to. Like use that as your character. You start to identify as someone who does that. Therefore, your friendship groups change, and it starts to become easier and easier. And that's why I think it is so hard for a lot of people is they realise that if they're going to be the black sheep and stand out, and you know, stop eating shit on weekend or stop drinking, that they're probably going to lose their friends. Uh, which is probably one of the biggest barriers to what we find is that people are comfortable and that they don't want to go outside that comfort zone in order to to shed their skin, so to speak.
0: Once we start noticing um, that we're getting a few days in a row, we're stringing some days together of looking after ourselves, we start to get a bit of a hit, a bit of a dopamine hit, a bit of a, a bit of a reward in our own brain, don't we?
2: Yeah, 100%. You start to feel good about
0: it. It then starts to self-fulfill, doesn't it?
2: Yeah, exactly right. Well, the, yeah, self-fulfilling prophecy of waking up and being someone who identifies with someone who is fit, someone who, who is healthy, someone who eats good food is... Is going to end up with a net positive result. Like if you're someone who wakes up and you're always injured, you're always, you know, hung over, you're always like forget your shoes, like you're always going to forget that. Like if you fight for your limitations, you're going to keep them. So, you know, fight for something that you want to live.
0: Hang on, you fight for your limitations. Talk me through that.
2: It's actually a Jim Quick quote. Do you follow Jim Quick at all?
0: See the the learning guy?
2: Yeah, the guy with the... He,
0: yeah, he, ta- he taught me how to read double my reading speed Yeah, did I, sat at a, I went to a conference that he was at he taught me how to double my reading speed and it blew my mind
2: yeah how good Yeah, in about um, five minutes he- he's really smart so he uh, that's one of the quotes that he says is if you fight for your limitations you'll get to keep them so he talks about it for himself he it was um, I think he was born with a brain condition and up until he was about 18 like he had this condition but he his teachers told him he had the condition like his parents always like make excuses for him like he's, he's got a bad brain like and he said, like, if you, I kept telling myself, I'm the kid with the bad brain. And then one day, he just got over it and said, I don't want to be the kid with the bad brain anymore. And sort of started teaching himself how to learn. And then, yeah, like it starts with one day, but now his identity is that he is the person that teaches other people how to learn. And like, so you can either keep fighting for your limitations and tell everyone that you're you're injured, or you know, you're the kid with the bad brain. And obviously, if you keep telling yourself that, you're going to stay that way forever.
0: And that that works for everything you can, that can identify as like, oh, I, I, I eat this way or I drink this way or I don't go to gym because I got divorced or because, you know, mum left when I was a kid or because I didn't get into uni or because I got fired. Yeah. And, you know, if, if you identify with that as your excuse for behaviour, um, it's always going to own you, isn't it?
2: Yeah, hundred percent. And I mean, of course, people are always gonna, you know, say like it's easy for you. Like, oh, it's very easy for you to say that because you're in this position. And it's like automatically they're putting himself back in that position of saying like you're taking away someone else's right to feel how they're feeling because you still don't want to change. Like you're still stuck in that negative thought pattern of like it's easy for you. Like if I, if I had that, then I'd have that. It's like the first thing you need to change is your thought patterns around what you want to achieve, and then and it will flow from there
0: because it's it's one thing to you know and having been you know divorced and fired uh, <laughs> in the same way that like I I am not the the divorce or I am not the unemployment that is just something that happened to me one day and what I choose to do about it is is up to me if I am an unemployed loser then nothing ever works but if I'm like oh I just lost this job doesn't mean I won't get another job or I'm out of this relationship doesn't mean I won't get into another relationship it is if we see ourselves as the incident or as the, the thing we'll never break out of it and that thing will
2: always rule us
0: years after it's gone
2: yeah and there's probably some people listening that have uh you know degrees in this stuff and are, you know they could either be agreeing or disagreeing but I mean from from my experience you know I wake up most days and I try and think positive thoughts. Like I try and think that everything is possible if you just, you know, you make a start, which I think is the biggest thing. Like you start, you do the first habit, it just starts to, you know, blockchain together and then you, you end up becoming like you look back and you've achieved what you th- never thought you were going to achieve.
0: You just said something really quite powerful there, something that I hear over and over again doing this show and I've been doing this show now for like eight years. I've done hundreds of interviews. But what you've just said encapsulates a lot of how the most successful people I've spoken to on this show got where they are. What you just said, everything is possible if you just make a start.
2: Yeah, I I think procrastination is generally like one of the biggest things that holds you back is thinking some task is mammoth and therefore like it just becomes so overwhelming to even take that first step. Um, So one thing I've always tried to do is like just write down all the steps that I think would need to happen for me to achieve X target, and I just spreadsheet it. I just put it in a literally a spreadsheet and put a checkbox next to it. And I just start from the top and I just do that one thing. And then, you know, it just literally snowballs. And you're
0: absolutely right. I mean, how do you, how how did you climb Everest? Yeah. A step at a time. One step. You didn't take a big run up and then (laughs)
2: just leap from the
0: bottom, push off at base camp (laughs) and land with a flag in your hand at the top. Yeah. You know? And but it is overwhelming. It's overwhelming if you think about it all at once. No, our brains can't comprehend. Like, how could I get from, let's say, a a a really scarily frightening BMI, you know, in your forties or, you know, something like that, to someone who's not a risk of a heart attack or diabetes or they're, you know, dying before their kids, you know, hit eighteen. That is so overwhelming. Yeah. So much so that you end up getting trapped in this. Oh, I feel so shit. I, I, I feel so bad about this. I'm just going to sit on the couch and eat shit food again. Yeah, it becomes that perpetual what you, cycle. Do you, do you have you worked with clients who are in that that space?
2: Yeah, 100. percent Like a lot of them, and it's one of the. It's a, probably my life's goal is to try and work around that exact phenomenon of like, I know I'm in a shit position. I know it's so far away to get to where I want to get to, so therefore I'll do the exact opposite of what I need to do is like literally what you just said, most people do that. The thought of changing, becoming that person they want to become, becomes so overwhelming that they literally do the exact opposite in that exact moment right now, instead of just taking one step closer because it seems so far away.
0: It can be so overwhelming to, and as you mentioned, you know, v- visually, you know, our phones have, have really quite a, kind of affected a lot of the ways that, that we think about getting you know, in better shape. Because in better shape seems to only fit into this kind of narrow margin of for men this certain level of body fat and shoulders at a certain ratio to the rest of your body and pecs this size and an X shape when you're in really small shorts and for women it's you know this particular shape and da 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 but better shape doesn't look the same for everybody. How how can you know if you are in that? You know, I'll give you an example. When I first needed to stop drinking, because we were talking about this earlier, I knew that drinking was bad and I had to stop. But it was overwhelming for me to consider that I would go the rest of my days without ever touching a drop. So I wrote down in my little book, I write every day as you know, but I wrote down in my little book, until I can have a healthier relationship with alcohol, I'm I'm not gonna drink. It's yeah, probably cool. gonna be a couple of weeks. <laughs> but that's, I needed to cheat myself. Yeah. I needed to go, ah. So So what, what's the version of that around someone who, sees this kind of beauty aesthetic for men and women that is just so unattainable and so nothing that looks like even they might not want to be like that they just want to you know not have their knees hurt when they come home from work you know how can people start to picture what being in better shape looks like
2: yeah true yeah i suppose playing some games with yourself is probably the the easiest way to get around it is tricking yourself and saying something along those lines of all right well i'm not going to have dessert until I achieve this goal or I'm going to make sure that I walk every single day until I'm under this target. Like it just, you can set an action as opposed to an outcome because most people can't change the outcome unless they do the action. So it's got to be, I've got to do this or I've got to, you know, give up this, which, you know, sometimes negatives aren't always the best way to get to a positive. But yeah, I'm going to do this and therefore I should achieve X result. What can a workout look like for someone who's say, you know, I'm
0: I'm I'm 179 on a really good day, Um, but like 179, 180 as a man and 110, 120 kilos and, you know, their body hurts when they get out of bed in the morning, not when they go to bed, when they get out of bed. Yeah. What can a workout look like for someone like that?
2: Yeah, and that's probably the biggest thing is making sure the workout don't hurt you. If you're not someone who's geared towards like overcoming pain and you enjoy embracing the suck then it's probably not the best idea to get in there and flog yourself because you're going to constantly like have that connotation of every time I go to the gym it's going to hurt so you're going to it's probably going to be the last thing you do every day whereas for someone like you know I enjoy training like I enjoy the suffering of like what the body feels like and and how it feels when I train so therefore it's probably the first thing I do every day so I can understand and appreciate that not everyone loves training so it just needs to be one of those things like brushing your teeth yeah, I just I don't love brushing my teeth. Like, I feel like that'd be five minutes better spent somewhere else during my day. But it's just one of those things. I know that if I don't do it, I'm not going to have teeth. And I like eating. So I require teeth. <laughs> and I think about that as with life as well. It's like most people don't look too far ahead and, and think, like, yeah, my kids and then therefore my grandkids, um, I'd love to be able to get out of bed pain free. And we do our personal training with them until we can get them to a point where, A, they're competent enough to do the movements that we need them to do in a group setting, but be like, make sure they're confident in themselves and sort of dip their toe in and slowly get them used to that because we can regress every single movement there is and make sure that you get the same stimulus that I get. So we call that relative intensity, where essentially for me to get the same stimulus as you or someone else, I might have to squat hundred kilos on my back. You might just have to get up off the chair and therefore our muscles will feel the same thing the next day. And it's a, it's a phenomenon called relative intensity and it depends on, you know, historic performance and what you've done. So if someone is not feeling great about themselves and they look on Instagram and they see
0: someone go, oh, I did a PR, you know, here I am with a back squat doing a hundred kilos. The look on that person's face in the Instagram is like, a, and you know, they're trying not to poo as they all as they wee their pants as they stand up. That's the same feeling that someone who is in really out of shape, when they stand up out of a chair, that's the same level of intensity.
2: Yeah, scientifically, it's going to be neural drive and the, how many motor units they have. So, the more muscle mass they have and the better ability to drive those muscles is what's going to help them. So, yeah, if, if someone's fully deconditioned, they're maxing out maybe 2% of the muscles that they have because they don't know how to switch them on. So, therefore, Getting up off the chair, he's going to be as full on as someone who knows how to switch on ninety nine percent of it.
0: I've never heard that before, and that's that's a really I think that's a really powerful and a really motivating thing to hear. If you are, as you mentioned, deconditioned, if you are in a place where you're like, oh, I've got to stop feeling like this every day, and I'm hesitating when my kids ask me to get down on the floor, you know, to to know that. You don't have to be pulling those ridiculous Instagram reel workouts <laughs> yeah. to, get the same, to get the same level of intensity and, and as we mentioned before, response yeah. and, and adaptation out
2: of your body. And that's what it comes down to. It just comes down to stimulus and then recovery, and therefore you'll get the adaptation. So it's starting where you're at. And the easiest analogy to think of is if you had to, you know, your goal is to pull a truck with a rope, right? You're going to start by pulling a push bike with a, with a rope. And then obviously you don't want that rope to snap. So you make sure that the rope's strong enough to pull that. And then next day you come back, you add a little bit of strand to the rope. So the rope's a little bit thicker. Now you can pull a car. Then it starts getting a bigger SUV. Then you've got a truck and you just make sure that you never snap the rope and you make sure that you're constantly building the rope up so it's strong enough to pull the truck.
0: When it comes to um, uh, fitness goals and maybe not achieving fitness goals, you, you've got a few thoughts on about the amount of time that we have.
2: I get up and I'm like, look, you've got the same number of hours as everyone else. Like, you can look on Instagram and you can look in the world, and people are doing good things. Like, you can look at it from any aspect. People are learning Spanish. So, if, if someone has done it before me, then obviously I can do it too. And that's just the way I think. So, I'm like, cool. You know, the same hours every day, you will dedicate the number of hours towards the thing that you prioritize most. And that's not a bad thing. If you have kids, you'll prioritize your time towards kids. Just don't say that you prioritize fitness if you're not spending the time on your fitness. Don't say that you're prioritizing Spanish if you're not doing Spanish lessons. Like, I think people try and tell themselves in their head, like, I, I really want to do this. But if you wanted to do it, you'd make it a priority and you do it.
0: But, it, you know, so, sometimes people need to be, I certainly needed to be spoken to that way about a few things in my life. You know, if you, if you really care about something, you will make it a priority. If you say you make it a priority, but you don't, you don't care. The fact is that you you don't care about it. As much and as you think you do. And
2: that's hard to accept, Brando. It is very hard to accept. And I think that's like I respond well to that. Like I don't really respond well to positive affirmations and, you know, rainbows and fairies and everyone everyone's doing a really great job. Like, like I said before, some people really work towards that positive side of things and others sort of like to work away from fear and uh, disappointment. And for me, like I definitely – respond well when I say like you don't want to be like that you want to you want to wake up and you want to do the work so therefore this is how you're going to do it today if you really say you care about it spend some time
0: uh well and I think like 13 what? was it now March no, no, no 14 15 months ago nearly a year and a half ago I actually had my I I got I ended up getting the hip replacement I told I you did. I needed
2: it yeah works. on the right hand side feels good
0: well it works amazing but um, Brando, 2% of complications doesn't mean no percent of complications. Oh, and I really Yeah, I, I won the lotto won there. The, oh, and, yeah. yeah, and I, I certainly, you know, I know what you're talking about because I started with a you know a broomstick and you know I, I worked my way up to you know a you know deadlifting my body weight. But then, you know, just one rep too many, literally one rep too many, and um, just blowing out um, some of the, you know, connective tissue, Ouch. and then I'm fucked for two weeks, and then I'm I'm not all the way back to broomstick, but I'm, you know, like I'm, so I, <laughs> and that's it's hard, man. It's it's really hard to, to to keep keep on that. But you know, I look at Little Wolfie, and I'll be sixty when he is um, fifteen ready to rough and tumble and i want to do that he'll be bigger than me and i want to you know play silly buggers yeah with this kid because it's i never really got a chance to do it with my dad you know and i really want to do that with him yeah and and for me like it's hard when i spend two weeks
2: on the couch just going fuck. and then what's your alternative that's what we we ask our clients a lot is you know what's the alternative you're either going to keep being injured you know softer around the midline than you like to be forever you don't magically wake up at 60 and and go oh shit got a year now or if he's almost 15 let's let's give it a good nudge like it's going to be a lot harder in 15 years time than what it's going to be if you just maintained it so the idea is just yeah like the, the, the um the title of the podcast better than yesterday just keep moving forward make sure that you, <laughs> yesterday wasn't yeah, i, I know them. man
0: i like look i like things that do what they say on the box your business is called yeah. body by brando <laughs> yeah. I, it, I, I never wanted to call it something that's missing a vowel and you know lifter lftr what is that is it a gym does it get you up floors in a building no it's i don't funny. know what it is you know it, it is what it is it does yeah. what
2: it does Pay money, actually. get in. That's it. <laughs> I used to like to be cryptic and about things and be like, "Oh, that's a cool name." Like, if people have to ask you what it is, like, how cool is that? It's like a little club. And now it's like, "Nah, fuck that. Just tell them what they're getting, and it's probably going to be heaps better <laughs> for business."
0: <laughs> We're just going to take a moment away from Brando because we've got to keep the lights on here at better than yesterday. There is an ad-free version of the show, which you can find on Patreon, Patreon.com/Osher. There are also full video episodes. As we get them edited, I'm putting them up online. I've been a little bit slack on that. Sorry about that. I'm trying to get them up as quick as possible. I um, Yeah, I'm flat stick. That's no excuse. <laughs> I have a terrible workflow system. I really need to delegate more. But that's a ah, ha. It's another episode. But yeah, if you want to jump online, you can support the show through Patreon. It really, really, really helps us. You may think it doesn't, but anytime you support someone on Patreon, it's a massive help to us. You can get ad-free versions of the show and also full video episodes, patreon.com slash osher if that's beyond uh, what you're capable of financially right now totally get it uh, if you just share the episode with someone text us someone some of the stuff that Brando talks about around motivation and, and getting out and, and the progression towards a squat for example which is sitting up out of, standing up out of a chair that sort of stuff if there's anyone in your life that you think could benefit from hearing that sort of thing spoken to them please text it to them, share it wherever you can, like the show, subscribe to the show, rate the show, wherever you can. That stuff will really, really, really helps us. So thank you so, so much for doing that in advance. Now uh, we'll play some ads. You might hear some, you might not, who knows? And we'll be back with Brando in just a moment.
1: Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, To get started, visit plushcare.com slash loss. That's plushcare.com slash
2: talked.
0: We talked a bit about training clients, you know, face-to-face, one-on-one. You have, you know, and it's, it's clear in that there's, you know, a great benefit in remote coaching uh, for a certain cohort of people who could be bothered, you know, to find either get gear at their house or go off to a gym when you are coaching remotely how, how do you how do you maintain like accountability and how do you maintain you know keeping track of people
2: there's so two levels to our online program we've just got our uh daily program which we gives you access to what we're doing in the gym we have three program levels so there's like competitors program for the the top dogs and then there's like the the daily workout which is for probably still in that top 20% of people to be able to do that. And then we have our, what we call our, our build program or functional capacity program, which can literally be done by every single person. And we just infinitely scale it back down to the level that you can work at. So you get access to that with the videos of me showing you the movements and that level of accountability isn't the highest in the world. Like it's, it's up to you to tick them off and do the work. So if you're an A type personality, you'd probably froth on it. But if you're not, then we do have that second level of programming where we have a two-way communication app where we give you the program, you've got to fill in your scores, we check in and make sure you're doing them and we can see like your adherence to the program. So that's the next layer and that definitely does work. So the other alternative is, yeah, you go to somewhere where they don't really know what they're doing, especially in like smaller towns, you're not going to find, you don't have the resources, you don't have gyms that are set up like ours or like some really great gyms in Sydney and other areas. You. you you have to deal with what you've got, so it's up to you to decide. Would you rather the accountability, which some people definitely would benefit from, or would you rather the the science of the program?
0: And it's this beautiful mixture of, I guess, science. It's a beautiful mixture of science and psychology that helps people get to this kind of level of. Um, I don't want to say fitness. I just want to say functionality. You know, as a human. Yeah, um, and that's the goal. And yeah that's really it you know I, I, when my father was my age a set of stairs was his mortal enemy
2: <laughs> Yeah, right, I'm not yeah.
0: even talking about like, like the, the ones that go up from the beach I can't remember the name of it. like you know there's like a like hundred steps yeah. you know in, in, in Sydney that go from one street to another near the Harbour Bridge he'd look at that and go can we get a taxi yeah when he was when he was 48 yeah and you know now even with my dodgy hip I'm like okay let's try and make these two at a time this could be fun yeah let's try it yeah, let's <laughs>
2: challenge it yeah, it's a it's a weird thing, psychology. Some people just enjoy, and it comes back to the way that you talk to yourself. You know, are you someone that constantly has negative thoughts? And you know, I can't do this. I can't. This is going to hurt if I do. Like, obviously, there's going to be physical limitations. And I'm not trying to say that everyone can do everything, but there's definitely elements of the way that you talk to yourself is probably going to become your self fulfilling prophecy. If everything hurts all the time and you're constantly injured, like it's probably going to stay that way until until you change your thought pattern. The best question you can ask yourself is how? How can I get up these stairs? Like what what could I do in order to have the ability to be able to walk up these stairs? Like try and set yourselves a little problem to change where you're at now. Start with what you have and start with where you are, but just make sure you're figuring out the puzzle.
0: And as you mentioned earlier in our conversation, changing your thought patterns is you may not realize it, but it is completely within your control and no one has to know that you're doing it. And like, say for example, you might've misheard a lyric for a song and every time it comes on the radio, you sing the wrong word accidentally and, and oh, that's right, it's not that, it's this. You'll catch yourself doing yeah. the old thought pattern for a while, but that's all a part of noticing it. And then slowly, 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 it comes in and that could happen for six weeks before you you know, even even touch a barbell. <laughs>
2: Yeah. I found this quote from before. I have a, a library of quotes in my computer. So I found this one, which is uh, from Lao Tzu, which is the, you know, watch your thoughts because they become your words? What's your words because they become your actions? What's your actions? They become your habits. Your habits become your character and your character becomes your destiny. So like, you know, like we've just been talking about, it stems back to the way that you talk to yourself, ends up becoming your destiny and your self-fulfilling prophecy of, of who you are and who you identify with. You're about to change your identity completely. You're about to become, you know,
0: Brando, the, you know, the, the, the gym owner, entrepreneur, business guy and you're gonna go, I'm a dad who also happens to have this thing. Yeah. And that's, that's <laughs> all gonna happen to you. And it's, it's amazing because it changes everything. You watch how efficient you get. You watch how efficient you get once once you're getting fuck all sleep every night. You're like, right, I had these 300 things to do. I used to faff around doing it. I set a timer on my phone, 42 minutes, they're done. You're like, boom.
2: <laughs> I'm sure there's probably about a thousand people listening to this podcast going, can't wait for him to have a kid till he learns. He's gonna, <laughs> it's not going to be so easy for him now, is it?
0: You find yourself, you find, mate, you just find ways to give. I can't tell you how much my career has skyrocketed since... Georgia came into my life. Like, I just can't. It, it's, a, it's a thing that people tend not to talk about. Is that yeah. once you have this added accountability of, oh, I've got to make and make sure that this kid is fed and protected and closed, and you know the, the the things that I've done in my career and the meetings that I've insisted on and the or the pitches I've made just on the fly to people who I had no business pitching in that led to jobs. All happened because I'm like. I've I've got to see, I just started seeing opportunities everywhere to be like, how can I make sure that we can keep this kid in school
2: and the mortgage paid? Yeah, 100%. I didn't think about that shit before. Your back's against the wall. You find a way to get out, (laughs) don't you? Well, it's actually pretty, it's
0: actually really interesting. I can't let this conversation go without asking you about breathing because people have been doing it this whole time and not realising it. (laughs) When did you first start shifting your relationship with the way you breathe, Brando?
2: It wasn't that long ago, to be honest. I've been breathing apparently like a uh, uh, like nuff bag for my whole life until about m- March or May last year. When If I don't give him a shout-out, he's going to be so offered. His name's Will Grant from Ghetto down in uh, Wollongong. He told me about a book that he was reading uh, from James Nestor, and it was just, yeah, a talk called Breathe. And he tells you that you should be breathing through your nose more than your mouth. For a few reasons, but also, yeah, mostly because of the hydration levels that you lose when you talk through your mouth. Like, you know, I've had a few sips of water this time because I, I've been talking and you notice like how dry you get and that it does affect your physiology by losing so much water all the time. But also the parasympathetic nervous system changes that happen when you breathe through your nose. So parasympathetic
0: nervous system, A, uh, what is that? <laughs> and how does that change when like the
2: air is still coming into my lungs, whether it comes through my nose or my mouth, what's the difference? I think it's the nerves that it passes passes by the vagus nerve, which is yeah triggers that flight or fight response that um, we talk about. So sympathetic versus parasympathetic nervous system. What changed for you when you started to be more present to your breathing and how you breathe? It's it's helped sleep a lot. I didn't have a trouble with sleeping, but um, my mate that showed me this, he was like, just do it, and I'm you know if you've ever seen me sleep which you haven't obviously but for people that have i sleep with my mouth like wide open like full mouth open catching flies and i was like oh yeah cool i'll try it but I, I thought i was gonna die i was like if i take my mouth when i sleep i'm gonna wake you know, not wake up um so the first 30 seconds like he put the tape on my mouth and he was like just try and go to sleep and i panicked i was like like sniffing around trying to get some air in any way i could through through the nostrils and then literally i woke up like it, panicked for about 30 seconds and i woke up with a full deep sleep, I didn't wake up during the night, I wasn't thirsty, normally I wake up like once or twice and have to drink a litre of water. And I woke up fully hydrated, felt sweet, I was like, cool. And I've been doing it ever since. Asher doesn't love it.
0: <laughs> it's interesting, once we start, the, the, the deliberate use of breath to down-regulate emotional states is something that I'm truly fascinated in. And certainly in the, the pain journey that I've been on with my hip, box breathing has been a lifesaver yeah. for me absolutely you know just a a couple of rounds of that will get me out of an anxiety spiral really really quickly and it's an extraordinary tool to have well that's Um, the thing same thing and one that doesn't require drugs which i'm really grateful for
2: have you looked into the the wim Hof sort of side of things and the all the breathing stuff
0: mate yeah i mean i'm really interested in that i've actually i first came to that breathing technique we're talking about the, the the rapid inhalation and exhalation, changing the carbon dioxide and oxygen levels in your brain deliberately to bring about a, a different metabolic um, yeah. state and a different brain state is what we're talking about. I I, I first used that as a part of psychotherapy, mm. and I had enormous breakthroughs using that uh, with a with a, a shrink over in um, in LA. It was huge. Yeah, I wrote I wrote about it in my book, um, and you know wrote about the stuff that. I had access to in my own brain using that breath and it was only after that when i started coming to awareness of of Wim and his use of that breath and what his what that breath did for him
2: but yeah like you said before when you need to try and get out of an anxiety-ridden state the first thing you go to is your breath and especially if you can focus on your breath you really bring that connection to it and straight away it's that vagus nerve that really helps you know relax the body and and everything goes into that calm state and that's how you get out of those head spaces so it's the same thing so
0: really early I'm like I'm trying to make sure that I teach Wolfie that he can regulate his emotional state with his breath yeah and um I've I've learned a few ways to do it and one of them is we do we do snake breaths so we go then we make snakes with our hands he doesn't know why he's doing it but he's essentially doing polyvacal breathing he's breathing in He's breathing out for twice the distance, twice the time of his inhalation, and um, we do a couple of rounds of that. And you watch him change; it's it's amazing. Hectic. I'm you know, just trying to make sure that he, ha- he has that skill to yeah. to change himself, to know that he's getting a bit up. Okay, I might get a bit down now, and that's that's super handy. Brandon, I could talk to you about all this kind of stuff for, forever, but I'm I'm just so grateful that we had the time to talk today. And I know we spoke a lot, mostly about you know how people can get from a state of um, uh, sedentary, you know, detrained kind of life to something a little more active. But uh, I know that everyone's not me. I, I will do some form of exercise today to mm. you know, challenge my body and help me get a little more flexible and put some movement back into my glute medius because my TFL is doing too much. But not everybody's doing that. You know, not every not everybody will, is, is, will do that. That's just, I know that's who I am, but I'm grateful that you shared so much about helping people who are otherwise like, I'd, I'd like to feel better, but I feel so shit. I, I don't want to do anything to feel better. And now I feel more shit and now I'm in this spiral. And I, and, I, and I like to think that what you spoke about could really help a lot of people today. So thanks Habes, man, I really appreciate it. Thanks, Josh. cheers. And that was Brandon Hasek. Um, you can find him online. He is a body by Brando. Uh, does what it says on the box and it's spelled how it is spelled. I love the guy. He's been in another podcast with me back in 2015, which is also super fun. That was before he was a dad and, you know, had three locations. He only had one location at that point before he'd really built his online business into the behemoth that it is now. But he's this extraordinary guy. And um, yeah, I just really love the way he goes about talking about this stuff because I I sometimes feel that sometimes like like accountants Coaches can sometimes make things unnecessarily complex so you can't get by without them. You're so confused, you don't know what to do. And you think, well, I can't train if this person doesn't here to tell me. But when I trained with Brando, it was like, I'll just do these four things. Yeah, see me next week. And that was it. I loved it. And he's a very, 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 very clever man. His Instagram's fantastic. Does a lot of demystifying of misinformation around fitness and health. And, you know, he's a good bloke. He's hilarious too. Funny, funny guy. Don't forget to click in the show notes because he did put a nutrition guide together for us, um, which covers a lot of the topics and concepts that we spoke about on this show. So, And if I can tell you anything, after having been on uh, an adventure and over the journey uh, of being bigger and then being small enough to fit in fancy suits for TV a number of times, and now I'm on a, a journey of just staying in a space where I can stay in a fancy suit that has been tailored with a a stitch of of ripping the moment I move. It's all about nutrition. It's all about what you put in your mouth. Yes, there is exercise involved, that's true, and that is very important. Moving is very important, but you you can't out-exercise what you put in your mouth. And once I've kind of figured that out and reframed my relationship to feeling a little bit hungry, everything changed for me. It was about four years ago, five years ago, four years ago now, and um that's yeah, great i'm really grateful to have figured that out lucky <laughs> i was in weight Watchers when i was eight and now here i am uh, able to tell mel my stylist and and um and mark who makes all the suits with mel yeah no worries i can stay this big for eight weeks <laughs> not worry because there's no elastic in those mass singer suits let me tell you oh boy yeah it's just in the show notes Check it out if you want to. We're back here on Wednesday with a shorter version of the show. And on Friday, I'm here to check in with you. Thank you so much for being a part of it. Big thanks to everyone that helped me make the show. Um, Bree Steele on research and support. Andy Marr, who did all the editing, made sure it sounded and looks fantastic. Uh, Rachel Barrett, who is the executive producer of The Lot. And, of course, Toe Hider, who made all the music. Go and follow Toe Hider's Twitch stream on Thursday nights. It is a sight to behold. Slick. All right. I'm actually recording this the day before the Logie, so I don't know what's going to happen. I was just at the rehearsal and nothing happened at rehearsal that I can tell you about, but I do love working with TV people. They're super fun. I'm saying this now because I don't know if we'll win or not, but I'll tell you, it doesn't matter if we do or not. What had just happened in the rehearsal where I was working out something that I'm doing on camera tomorrow night, which is last night by the time you're listening to this, working with the the camera operators, working with the floor manager, working with the audio people, working with everyone, coordinating a little dance together, that alone, when we pull that off on the night, that'll be perfect and that'll be lovely and I'll be so appreciative of having that moment with these fine professionals because you've got to enjoy the process because if you're hooked to outcome, in my experience, I've always been disappointed, but if I enjoy the process, it'll make the process enjoyable. It's always awesome and I always look back on it with fondness. I came out know we're not trying to say goodbye to you. Anyway, you'll know what happened last night. I don't know. So hooray or boo or yay I don't, I don't know anyway i better get out of here because i think my in-laws want to come and have an up in the studio uh studio okay it's a spare room the airbnb all right i gotta go have a great week until we speak next time sleep well and dream of beautiful things
1: ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row dreaming of something better well